This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Greg Gilchrist, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Dan DeMarco, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, I visit with Piero Molinero, Senior Managing Director at K2 Intelligence Finn, Head of Financial Crimes, Risk and Compliance for EMEA, and Joanne Taylor, Managing Director at K2 Intelligence Finn. We take a deep dive into the FinCEN papers. What are the FinCEN papers? What is the meaning of the release of these documents? How you can use these going forward in your financial crimes compliance program and the positives from this release of information. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm thrilled to have back with me Carrie Penman, one of my favorite people in compliance, and even more thrilled that we're going to talk about the upcoming NAVX Next event. So, Carrie, for that incredibly long-winded introduction, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you, Tom, and it's so great to be back with you. I love being part of your podcast and listening to them, too. So, Carrie, you were actually on one a little bit earlier this year called Compliance and Coronavirus that I started in March. And as the compliance and business uh, landscape has evolved, the podcast has evolved. So I was extraordinarily intrigued why uh, you guys named your conference, or excuse me, the, the event Beyond the Moment, because I'm seeing so much of that story in this podcast. So could I maybe start with that? I changed to Navex next, but more importantly, uh, beyond the moment, are we looking back? Are we talking about where we are now or looking forward or perhaps all three? Yeah, all of the above, I guess. But, um, you know, it's, it's a really good question, Tom. And, you know, we thought a lot about this. Um, we changed the name and, and we picked the theme of beyond the, the moment really for two reasons. I think first, you know, as you mentioned, we wanted to recognize that 2020 has been a year defined by just new and unprecedented challenges, not only for compliance, but beyond, you know, the compliance officer and the opportunities to uh, have to work much much more closely with the functional groups in our organizations. And so we often talk about the importance of building business and a compliance program that's proactive rather than reactive. And certainly the COVID pandemic and the other global events have certainly put us to the test there. So, you know, we really want attendees of our conference to take away leading best practices that will support their efforts in the ability to be forward looking. And whether that's in risk management or business continuity through the pandemic or having a strong organizational culture with strong policies backing it up uh, in the face of social justice, just so much has gone on since even that that podcast we did together Um if it was in March, it seems like years ago, but it's just a few months ago. So I think, you know, the future demands that we be prepared for whatever comes next. And that means thinking well beyond the current challenges. And I think there's a, a second reason for the name change as well, because Navix Global has evolved as a business, too. And we recognize that ethics and compliance no longer really describes our company goals and objectives entirely anymore. And so this conference really is an opportunity to present our expanded integrated risk management platform and thought leadership in this area. And I think it also highlights the connection between our mission to help organizations automate and streamline tasks while really connecting the dots between ethics, risk, and compliance functions across organizations. So a longer-winded answer than your introduction. 
I was extraordinarily, in, well, first of all, as always, you have multiple tracks going on. And this year you have three tracks. And what intrigued me about your tracks was it was almost as if those were the questions that you have gotten from your client base uh, in 2020 and the questions they are asking about the next 12, 18, 20, 24 months. I was wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about those three tracks, how you develop them and what you hope to achieve with them. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that question. You know, we did break it into three tracks. And, you know, as you know, we start planning on this, um, you know, much earlier than, you know, kind of the thinking on this. So it was interesting how it all came together. But the first track is Workforce 2021. What does this all mean for us? Um, Many organizations are not yet back to work. Uh, Regulations and enforcement, and that includes some discussion of the, the new DOJ guidance that we've also talked about. And finally, the the future of risk. So for this event, we really sought out experts and practitioners who could speak to the challenges of the current environment and uh, specifically with regard to the pandemic and the social justice uh, issues. So um, in addition to the three tracks, we do have three main keynote presentations that align with those tracks. Um, The first is around the new DOJ guidance. And we have Matt Miner, partner and former deputy assistant general, uh, attorney, assistant attorney general of criminal division of the DOJ. He's currently with Morgan Lewis, Mark Phillip, who's partner now with Kirkland and Ellis, but the former uh, DOJ deputy attorney general. And uh, everyone we know and love, uh, Pat Harned, the CEO of the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, uh, America's oldest nonprofit and um ethics and compliance really in industry and all the research that she does there. So they, they are going to have a, a, a discussion about all of the changes in the guidance. And then second, we have a, a, a keynote on social justice and corporate responsibility. And uh, our keynote speaker there is Robert Smith, who is the founder and chairman and CEO of Vista Equity Partners. And Robert was named in Forbes top 100 greatest living business minds. He's actually also uh, one of the owners of Navex Global. But in in this particular session, Bob Conlon, our CEO, is going to to lead a fireside chat uh, with Robert Smith to talk about why and how business can decisively respond to renewed calls for expanded equity and inclusion, uh, as well as some of the unique roles that he thinks compliance professionals can play in helping to affect meaningful change. And I think Many people probably heard Robert's uh, story uh, of his success. And so I think that'll be a good session. And then the one I'm super excited about because I have the opportunity to speak with Jerry Greenfield, the co-founder of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. And uh, this session will be on ethics at the heart of a successful business. And really talking to him about how placing ethics at the heart of the iconic Ben and Jerry's brand was really key to its success and how businesses across industry can do better by doing good. And, you know, Tom, we've talked about this together a lot about, you know, the importance of doing good and is good ethics, good business. And um, so I think, you know, they were way ahead of their time um, on on their work there. So I think, you know, the time I spent with Jerry in our planning session, I know it's going to be a really, really insightful session. I'm really excited for it. So if I might just say a few words about each of those, Uh, first of all, other than you, Pat Harnett's probably my most favorite person in compliance. And uh, anytime you have the opportunity to watch Pat visit with someone, you should do it. So uh, that's going to be a great conversation. 
Um, I've had a lot of opportunities to visit with Bob Conlon over the years, and one of the things that I've wanted him to do is exactly what he's doing, which is to sit down and have a fireside chat. He's a great conversationalist, extraordinarily uh, well-versed in uh, compliance and in the business of compliance, and I've told him that I really wished he would you know, do more of this type of thing. So when I saw that he was sitting down for a fireside chat with uh, Robert Smith, uh, I was very, very pleased. And then to have you sit down with Jerry Greenfield, I feel like it's almost as if I was going to get to sit down with Jerry because you're going to ask all the questions I would want to ask. So, I mean, those three events are are well worth uh, the conference, but the conference is much more than that. And so I was wondering if you might be able to talk about some of the other sessions that, that you're really interested in or even really excited about. Yeah. So there's, I think it's overall, it's going to be really an incredible day, but I'll mention a few uh, because I'm just really excited at, again, some of the caliber of, of the speakers that we have in, uh, in the um, concurrent sessions as well. And I want to point out that all of the sessions will be recorded. So people don't have to make a choice as to which one they attend. They can, they can play back all of them at their convenience, but you know, one is beyond the moment creating sustainable diversity, equality, and inclusion programs. And for this session, we have high Feldblum, who's a former EEOC commissioner, Patrice M. Palmer, uh, whose work focuses on diversity, equity, inclusion within higher ed, and then our very uh, own esteemed SVP of Human Resources and Organizational Development, Cindy Raz. And I really, I just, you know, I have such a tremendous working relationship with Cindy on our own internal program. Cindy and I often talk about how we can help compliance and HR work together better. Um, than some organizations do now. So so that's one session. And then uh, another session, which is on the implications, obviously, of the EU whistleblower directive. So more in the regulatory track. Uh, And there we'll be talking uh, with uh, Karin Henriksen, who is from uh, our Whistlebee organization on the new directive, uh, as well as our uh, privacy officer, Jess Wilburn, and a second Robert Smith, who will be speaking at this event, uh, who is the uh, the head of ethics for Circo Group uh, based in the UK. So talking about how organizations should be thinking about implementing the EU whistleblower directive and some thoughts as, you know, each of the member uh, states will be bringing in some different standards and that's going to be presenting some challenges for a lot of organizations. Um, and then maybe the third one I'll bring up here is with regard to ESG or environment, social and governance. And, you know, there were just a a ton of articles just this week uh, that have been written about what investors are looking for and what standards are being set uh, by investors. And then, you know, what's what's going to be required by law. So we'll have, uh, you know, a really important discussion. And I think it's really critical for uh, ethics and compliance officers to be uh, broadening their focus to include environment, social and governance. And we do work in the governance space. Uh, quite a bit with our our work with the boards. But going beyond that and thinking about issues like racial equality and the impact of the Me Too movement and climate change, um, it's going to be a big focus for business. And I think it's a tremendous opportunity for uh, compliance officers to get involved in this area and um, to really, again, make a difference. And, you know, we always talk about the role of that we play in the reputation of our organization. And, you know, this is front and center. So in addition to, obviously, the conference going virtual, 
Um, how is the conference going to address the new normal? And if I could maybe just expand on that a little bit. One of the phrases that I heard in, in my Compliance and Coronavirus podcast was from disaster recovery to business continuity to business as usual. And it seems like to me the new normal, certainly for compliance, is business as usual, whatever that usual may be. It may be we're recording this in October 2020. It may be as it was back in March if we have another wave, or it could be something else six months from now. So how does how will the conference help the compliance practitioner understand that uh, we now have to respond to a much wider variety of, of business changes and, and indeed risks than we ever considered? Absolutely. And I, I'd be shocked, if probably as you would be too, if we actually would return to whatever our previous normal was. I think you know, we're, we're going to see so many uh, more folks working remotely, even uh, after offices return. You know, we've all learned a lot, uh, but it's also created different risks uh, that have been associated with both remote working and then thinking about returning workforces. So, you know, we do have some sessions uh, with the high profile legal practitioners in employment law, um, some lo- located globally and working around the world to discuss some of the hot spots in areas like data privacy and third-party risk, uh, health and safety issues, as well as harassment and discrimination. I think if there's one thing that uh, we certainly learned about the ability for third parties to be a weakest link, I think we've learned it um, in in the last six months or so. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we've got the new DOJ guidance that's going to be, you know, is influencing uh, our programs. And as I noted earlier, we're bringing in two former DOJ leaders to uh, discuss this and, you know, expand on issues like proving effectiveness and what it means for the broader environment. And then I think finally, the third area of focus for us is in the area of integrated risk management, because here again, I think, and and it's really why we've, we've changed this, the name of the conference as well, because as the pandemic has really been showing us, business resiliency and integrated risk management are really a competitive advantage. And so a lot of people are very interested in building out integrated risk programs and not just staying as narrowly focused on some of the, uh, you know, more traditional compliance risks, if you will, that we have tended to focus on. So we have uh, Dr. French Caldwell, we have advisors from PricewaterhouseCoopers and other experts that will be presenting on those topics. So I think all of these things are top of mind for business now, but there's another common thread that risk compliance, HR and the legal professionals must also consider. And that is the social justice reform. And whether that's driven by regulations or business interest or customers or the ESG, um, you know, expectations, we're talking a lot about topics like black lives matter and proactive policy as well. So I think, um, Whatever business as usual will be, and I sure hope that we can get past this um, pandemic soon, uh, but I think business will be forever changed. Let me just pick up on that that last point on, on the social justice movement, because Matt Kelly and I talk a lot about what's the role of the compliance professional, what's the role of the CCO. Is that something that you will be able to explore in this conference and maybe help compliance practitioners think about that uh, really from a cultural, ethical, integrity perspective? Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why we devoted one track to the workforce of of 2021. Um, And I think, you know, as well, I think the fireside chat with Robert Smith, uh, 
you know, will be addressing that subject. And, you know, in, in the working session with High Bell Bloom and, uh, and our own Cindy Rouse. So I think um, it, it is potentially a conversation that hasn't been uh, one that's been typical with ethics and compliance officers. But, you know, if you think about the fact that, you know, 80% of our reports that we take over our hotlines or are human resources issues. And they are about issues of harassment and discrimination and people treating each other with, you know, lack of respect. And uh, I think, you know, perhaps we haven't paid enough attention to those issues uh, for the period of time that they've been coming in over our helplines and hotlines. So if I could draw maybe on, on my relationship with you or your personal experience, certainly since the time I've known you, you have counseled compliance officers and others, that it's really about how you treat people. It's really about respect. And the times I've had the opportunity to visit with you and you've talked about your professional career, it was always extraordinarily important to you that people treated each other with respect, with uh, dignity and respect. And so it almost seems to me that what you've been basically preaching for 20 years or 30 years now, it's a straight line to where we are now. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and early on in my career, you know, I used to joke, but I wasn't, it wasn't really funny that my legacy at, at Westinghouse was going to be mismanners. But, you know, I think it, it really is about how people want to be treated and the respect that they deserve in the workplace. And, um, you know, I'm glad that, that we're really taking these conversations to heart and really thinking about how, you know, because you're right, it comes down to organizational culture. And if people don't feel respected, you know, how, how can you, it, expect them to, you know, respect the organization back and perform in a way uh, that will help all of our objectives move forward. Carrie, unfortunately, we're getting near the end of our time, but I was wondering um, if listeners or what else could you tell us about Nemex next that might be important for listeners? And if they wanted to register, where could they go? And we're certainly going to link to that in the show notes. Absolutely. So um, as I said, we're just so excited for this conference and really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you about the event uh, the event, of course, probably would be helpful to know the date coming up on October 22nd, and uh, and it will be um, broadcasting uh, throughout the day. Uh, we've planned it so that there are some opportunities for folks in Europe to catch some of the earlier sessions, and uh, we'll go uh, throughout the day. As I mentioned, everything is going to be recorded, so you can play back sessions that you missed at, at your convenience. There will be a lot of resources that are posted uh, alongside um, the, the, the slides from the various speakers. So hopefully it will be uh, a great resource for your listeners, for our customers and the industry. And uh, as far as where to register, you can go to our website, which is www.nap.com. Navexglobal.com. And from that homepage, you can link to it. But Tom, thank you so much for also providing a link uh, in your in your session notes. So really appreciate this opportunity. And thanks so much for having me on. I always love talking to you, Tom. Well, and I'm greatly looking forward to the event. So I will definitely be one of the attendees. All right. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. I've linked to the K2 Intelligence FIN website and then two resources, a white paper and a client alert that they put out around the FINs and paper. So check those out in the show notes. This presentation of the 
FCPA Compliance Report has been a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is also a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.